the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus left his place in heaven. He humbled himself. He came down to this earth. He dwelt among us. And the Bible says that when Jesus saw the multitudes of people who were weary and helpless because of their sin, it says he was moved with compassion for them. Jesus sees our burdens. And he wants to liberate us from our burdens. Jesus says, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Since the first time Jesus came down from heaven, he has had compassion on his people. He sees us and meets us exactly where we're at. In today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you of that gift, the selfless, generous, thoughtful gift of compassion from the Son of God. Whatever situation you're in right now, Jesus is concerned for you. The true meaning of compassion is to suffer together. That is entirely what Jesus does for you. He takes that heavy load from your life and gives you rest in return. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Acts chapter 7, Hebrews chapter 11, Exodus chapter 2, Hebrews 11, Acts 7. Acts 7, Hebrews 11, Exodus 2. Well, just as a reminder, the theme of the book of Exodus is redemption. Redemption. In the Bible, Exodus is God's first great act of redemption. It's the greatest miracle in the Old Testament. It is the story of God supernaturally intervening on behalf of his people to deliver them from slavery out of Egypt, which was the greatest superpower in the world at that time. And the story of the Exodus has been very influential in the Western world, in particular in the shaping of the United States of America. Uh, For example, the pilgrims, when the pilgrims left England in 1620 and they headed to the new world seeking religious freedom, the pilgrims described themselves as Israelites fleeing from their pharaoh, which was the king of England, King James. They compared their journey across the Atlantic Ocean to Moses and the Israelites passing through the Red Sea. And they compared the new world to the promised land. Among the founding fathers, the most cited source in the political writings of the founding fathers was the Bible. And the most frequently quoted passages were from Moses. In 1776, Congress commissioned 
Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, and John Adams to design a seal for the United States of America. Their original design for the seal of the United States depicted Moses leading the Israelites through the Red Sea and the Exodus. When George Washington died, two-thirds of the eulogies delivered about him compared him to Moses leading Israel through the wilderness. The Israelites escaping slavery was the dominant theme of many slave spirituals or slave songs in America. Go Down Moses was called the national anthem of the American slaves. Harriet Tubman, who helped slaves escape to freedom through the Underground Railroad, was known as the Moses of her people. In his final speech, the night before his assassination, Martin Luther King Jr. used the imagery of Moses, saying, God has allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know that we as a people will get to the promised land. The next morning, he was assassinated. A 2009 article in Time magazine concluded, From the pilgrims to the founding fathers to the civil rights movement, Americans have turned to Moses. The story of Moses and the Exodus has been called the meta-narrative of America. In several federal buildings in Washington, D.C., Moses is depicted in the architecture. Moses is honored in several locations throughout the Supreme Court building including the most prominent place on the front of the Supreme Court building. The Ten Commandments are displayed on the doors leading into the courtroom of the Supreme Court. In the chamber of the House of Representatives, Moses is honored as the most important lawgiver in history. Around the the top of the chamber of the House of Representatives, there are in the marble uh, the faces of 23 lawgivers throughout history, and all of them are looking at Moses. And Moses, his image is the only forward-facing image. And he's looking down on the chamber of the House of Representatives where the laws of our nation are made. The Ten Commandments are displayed in the National Archives building directly in front of the Declaration of Independence and Constitution. There is a statue of Moses in the reading room in the Library of Congress. The inscription on the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia is a quotation given by Moses in Leviticus 25.10. And so Moses and the Exodus story have been very, very influential in our own nation. Now, we left off in our study. That's just extra information for you, just because I thought you'd like to know that. Uh, We left off in our study in verse 10 of chapter 2, Last time. And remember from last time, Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter gave him the name Moses. We, we don't really know what his Hebrew name was. That's his Egyptian name. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's palace. He was part of the, the royal family. Some believe he was in line to become the Pharaoh. Uh, he enjoyed all of the pleasure and all of the privilege of being a member of the royal family. He was educated in the best schools in Egypt, trained as an Egyptian. 
And between verse 10 and verse 11, about 40 years goes by. Acts chapter 7 tells us that verse 11 takes place when Moses was 40 years old. Moses lived a total of 120 years. His first 40 years he spent in Egypt. The second 40 years he spent in Midian in the desert, as we're going to see. And his final 40 years he spent leading the children of Israel through the desert, through the wilderness. But that began, the exodus began when he was 80 years old. So verse 11 says, Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, he was 40 years old, that he went out to his brethren and he looked at their burdens and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And so he looked this way and he looked that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Moses knew that he was a Hebrew and not an Egyptian. He was a Hebrew, but he wasn't like the rest of the Hebrews in that he wasn't a slave. He grew up as royalty, not a slave. And when he was 40 years old, he he went out to his brethren, the Hebrews, and he looked at their burdens. The Hebrews, remember, were enslaved by the Pharaoh and used to build cities for the Pharaoh. And so, Moses visited one of the labor camps where the Hebrews worked, and he says, and it says he looked at their burdens. And the word looked there, if you're taking notes, it means to, to look with emotion. When Moses saw their condition, when he saw the misery of his own people, when he, he saw the hardship they were enduring, he was moved with emotion. He, he was burdened with deep sympathy for them. And Moses is a picture of Jesus Christ. Remember, all of the Bible is about Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus Christ. Jesus also is royalty. He is the king of kings. He is the prince of peace. And Jesus lived in heaven. He lived in splendor. He lived in majesty and honor. And like Moses, Jesus left his place in heaven. He humbled himself. He came down to this earth. He dwelt among us. And the Bible says that when Jesus saw the multitudes of people who were weary and helpless because of their sin, it says he was moved with compassion for them. Jesus sees our burdens. And he wants to liberate us from our burdens. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Moses, when he goes out, he sees the burdens of his own own people. He sees the condition that they're under as slaves. Now, turn with me over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 gives us a little bit more insight into what was going on with Moses here. Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 24, Hebrews 11:24, it says, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. 
esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Here we're told that by faith, Moses chose to forsake Egypt. He he chose to leave or denounce being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He, he, He left that life behind, that life of privilege and that life of pleasure, choosing rather to be numbered with the people of God. And in a similar way, Jesus chose to leave heaven and to be numbered with transgressors like you and me, the Bible says. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says of Jesus that, Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Jesus was rich. He was in heaven, all majesty, all honor, all glory, all power, all reverence. And he chooses to to lay that aside. He chooses to walk away from it, so to speak, and come down to this earth and humble himself. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And he came down to deliver us, to deliver us from sin and death, and to deliver us from the burden of sin. Now go back to Exodus chapter 2 again. Look at verse uh, 11 again. In verse 11, Moses saw an Egyptian taskmaster beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. The word beating there, it means to beat to death. Ninety-two times this word is translated to slay. Twenty times it's translated to kill. Five times it's translated to slaughter. An Egyptian taskmaster was beating a Hebrew slave to death, and Moses intervened. He tried to stop him. He tried to stop this evil. Most people would have been uh, too afraid to get involved or would have looked the other way or, or quickly moved away from the area to avoid any involvement. But Moses, as we're going to see throughout this chapter, Moses was intolerant of evil, and he was intolerant of injustice and oppression, and he tried to stop it. Maybe he didn't handle it quite the best way. I don't know. Because it says Moses looked this way and that way. He looked around. He didn't see anybody. And then he killed the Egyptian. 
and he hit him in the sand. (laughs) I don't know what to do with that, but that's what he did. Moses looked around, but he didn't look up. He looked around, but he didn't look up. You know, nothing is hidden from God. God sees everything that we do. And we may be able to hide things from other people, but we can't hide things from God. You can't hide anything from God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom we must give an account to. He sees everything. The Bible says that God sees our secret sins that no one else sees. That's why there's no point in trying to hide our sins from him. It's better to just walk in the light with God and confess our sins to him so that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us. Now look at verse 13. So then he goes out the second day, and this time two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? And then he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? And so Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Moses thought he got away with killing the Egyptian the day before and hiding his body, but it was known. And what is he doing? Why is he doing this? Well, turn with me to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7 tells us, Acts chapter 7, look at Acts chapter 7, verse 20. Acts chapter 7, verse 20. At this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. We looked at this last week. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. Verse 22 says, Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians And he was mighty in words and deeds. Remember that, that he was mighty in words and deeds. Uh, The the Jewish historian Josephus tells us that he became uh, a military leader, a military general in the Egyptian army. And he led the the Egyptian military to great victories over their enemies. He was a war hero. Now, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. Look what it says in verse 25. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to the two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? And then Moses flees, as we're going to see in a moment. But look back at verse 25. Verse 25 indicates that somehow Moses knew that God was going to use him to deliver the Israelites from Egypt, and he expected the Israelites to know that he was their deliverer. It doesn't tell us how he knew that or why he expected the Israelites to know that, 
but he knew he was their deliverer and he expected the people to know that he was their deliverer, but they rejected him. Moses was rejected by the Hebrews the first time he tried to deliver them. And as we're going to see in a minute, he's going to leave. And while he's gone, he will take a Gentile bride. And then he will return a second time to Egypt. And the Hebrews will receive him as their deliverer the second time he comes. Moses is a type of Christ. Jesus was despised and rejected as the Messiah and Savior. The first time he came to Israel, they crucified him. He left. He ascended back to heaven. And right now, Jesus is calling a Gentile bride out of the world in the church. And when Jesus comes the second time to Israel, they will receive him as their Messiah and Savior. And so we see that Moses is a type or a picture of Jesus Christ, rejected the first time and received the second time. Now, back in Acts chapter 2, verse 15, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. So Moses flees from Egypt, and he fled to Midian, which is located in the Arabian Peninsula. It's a desert area. It's a very rugged desert area. And so God takes Moses from the courts of Pharaoh to the desert. And Moses will be in the desert of Midian for 40 years. And it's there in the desert that God prepares Moses to lead the children of Israel. In the school of the desert, the schools of Egypt did not prepare Moses to be the leader that God can use. The desert will. And listen, give me your attention. God will use desert times in our lives. God will use desert times in our lives to prepare us for something greater that he wants to do. And he will use the desert to shape us and to mold us and most importantly to humble us so that he can then use us. He's got to get Egypt out of Moses. Moses had 40 years of Egypt, 40 years of all that Egyptian training. And now he's got to get all of that out of Moses and he's going to take him out to this desert to get it out of him so that he can use him. And Moses fled to the desert. He goes to Midian where he sat down by a well. It says in verse 16, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters And they came and drew water and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Moses, again, he is intolerant of injustice wherever he sees it. Not just when it's injustice against his own people, the Hebrews, but when it's injustice between Two Hebrews, when when they were fighting with each other, or when it's injustice between non-Hebrews, as is the case here in verse 17, Moses stands against injustice, and God calls us to stand up against injustice everywhere we see it. Right? Proverbs 31, 8 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. And Moses demonstrated that. He stood up for the oppressed, anywhere that he saw them. 
With everything you could have listened to today, we're honored you chose Ring of Truth. Whether it's your first time or your hundredth time listening, we know that the Word of God brought a fresh perspective to your corner of the world. Did your faith grow with this message? Or did it leave you with questions? If you find yourself with questions, please go to calvaryec.com to contact us so we can answer those questions. You can easily and securely fill out the form found under the Question tab. Columbia, Maryland is home base for Ring of Truth episodes, and we want you in our community. So if you're close, let's meet face-to-face. Sunday service times, along with midweek service times, are available on our website, calvaryec.com. Make sure to mark your calendar to come. For those of you too far away, don't be discouraged. Use our live stream to still be a part of our family. Don't leave our website without looking at the other resources we have provided to strengthen your relationship with Jesus. Before our time is up, would you consider financially donating to this ministry? There are so many more lives to touch for Christ, but we can't do it alone. If you felt a tug at your heart to support us in this way, information can be found on our website, calvaryec.com. Come again for the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.